Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Let's have you come up to the front. Uh, We have the privilege of hearing Fred preach to us today. He's not just a good singer and a good guitar player. He's also an amazing preacher. And if we could, real quick, if we could just give Fred and Denise a hand for everything they do here at Coastal. They do. uh, Obviously, we see him sing, or both of them up here singing and leading worship. Uh, We see him preaching today. We see what Denise does with the kids. But you wouldn't believe how many hours are spent behind the scenes from both of them to help this church. So we appreciate you. We're thankful for you, and let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you for this amazing, wonderful man of God that you have gifted to us here at Coastal. Lord, we just pray that you would continue to bless Fred, Denise, and their children through the season. We pray that you would continue to allow them to be a blessing to us. And Lord, we pray that uh, you would just speak through them today and that the ears and eyes of our hearts would be open to hear and see what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, well, um, shaking your boots has taken a whole new meaning on for me. I've got boots on this morning, and uh, they're shaking. But this is amazing. This is a full house. This is incredible. Look around. Like, just take a moment. Look around. This is a full house. What a wonderful thing. So I'm going to need your help this morning uh, to introduce a guest that's going to help me get started with my message. Are you ready? Where are all, all the kids? And by the way, I'll watch some of you adults at the back. Some of you guys wanted to be up on the front here. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Um, but where's the kids? If you can wave your hands to me, all the kids. Right, there we go. Are you ready to call the special guest? Her name's Lucy. Oh, oh, if you're a VBS camper, then you know who Lucy is. All right, and then adults, I know that you want to be young at heart as well, so you can join in. But at the count of three, I'm going to get you to call Lucy, and we'll see what happens. You ready? One, two, three. Wow, I heard one guy, and that was my son. Um, <laughs> let's try that again. Come on, it's Christmas Eve. We could, we could do better than that. Are you ready, Coastal? If you're online, I didn't hear you as well, so you need to be louder as well. So if you're joining us online, you can join us. But here we go. One, two, three. <laughs> Welcome, Lucy. How are you? Hey, Uncle Fred. Uncle. You look great. Thank you. I, I did. I tried. I hey, tried. we're kind of snap. Who dressed you? Uh, my wife. She dressed me too. She did? Yeah, I yeah. wanted to say, yeah. you, look, you look very festive. I like the ribbons in, the, in your hair. If I had hair, I would maybe try that. Yeah, but, uh, I'll pray for that happen. for you for next year. That'll be like a, like a little Christmas miracle. Mine, things you. happen now. It's Christmas things Eve. Things can happen. You guys aren't allowed to laugh at that anyway. So, Lucy, I want to know if you could... Do you have a story of a Christmas gift? I do actually have quite a lot yeah? of stories about Christmas gifts. But I have one particular one that I would like to share from last year. Okay. Well, let's hear it. So, I got a Christmas gift under the tree from someone on the stage that's not me. And it was quite random. I'm sure it wasn't that random. Like, you know what it is? You know what it is. 
It was a book lot. Oh, uh, yeah. You know those things you clip onto your book when you want to read and your sibling has to sleep or your spouse has to sleep? Well, I was really hoping for a sparkle eye Barbie. Remember that sparkle eye Barbie I spoke to you about for 364 days? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I thought you could use this gift. Yeah, so that one didn't, was not under the tree. Okay. Well, but I gave my list to your wife this year. Yeah. But um, that book light ended up being the most incredible gift I could ever have received. You know what I used that thing for? Tell me, tell me. You guys like to bake in your house. We do, we do. And at 2 a.m., sometimes I get like a little grumble in my tummy. And I don't want to wake you guys up. So I just take that little book light and I just make my way over to your cookie tin or the fridge or whatever's been happening that day. And I just have a little snack. And then I go back to sleep. I'm glad, that's Sometimes amazing. Sometimes I use it for reading. There we go, multi-purpose gift, right? Yeah, it was great, but you know what other gift I have? Can I, can I have 30 more seconds? You can. Just a quick little one. So those kids that were at VBS, do you remember Mr. Jerry, the fisherman? Yes. Yes! <laughs> do you remember Uncle Jerry? And, and he was backstage chatting away, eating snacks with Miss Sarah and myself, and I'd given Miss Sarah a whole bag of peanut butter cups. And you know who eat the whole thing of peanut butter cups? <laughs> Mr. Jerry! <laughs> I'll, I'll, I can see you there, sir, in the front row. <laughs> so you know what I got for you this year? Because I've been feeling kind of bad for okay. giving him such a hard time about that. Because the whole year I was sneaking around the house with a book light. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, I kind of got him a little present. I just need my assistant back here to reach up and give it to you. My arms are a little tired today. So, just give me a second here. Well, Mr. I, I can help you. There we go. Thank you. Please, can you pass that to Mr. Jerry? Merry Christmas, go, Mr. Mr. Jerry. Jerry. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, sweetie. <laughs> yes. I love you, Mr. Hey. Jerry. You're a good man. And uh, thanks for coming to VBS. I hope you'll come back next year. Thanks. All right. Well, hey, Lucy, it was wonderful having you here with us, and I hope you have a, a really amazing Christmas. I know you've got a lot of stuff to do today. You are busy. Yes, um, I'm, I'm planning. I wore this nice loose dress, yeah. and I've done my exercises, and I'm, I'm so excited to eat some nice things later. Well, I think every, I think every single one of us are. But thank you, Lucy. Yeah. Can we thank Lucy? Thank you. Awesome. Hi, everyone. All right. Hey. Before we get going, can you just take a moment? I know some people have arrived a little bit later. Just take a minute and coastal, I mean a minute. Just a minute. Just stand up, greet each other quickly, and we'll carry on. Say hello to your neighbor. That's hard. Huh? That was your deflection to get these out of there. That was up to you, that's it.
Okay, let's, uh, let's uh, close it up. You bunch of friendly people. All right. Hey, well, it's really wonderful um, to be able to share a Christmas Eve message with you. Um, and for most people around the world, this time of year is a time when we get together with family. I'm sure there are people that have traveled in this, from far in this room to be with family over this time. It's time we get to enjoy each other's company. And like Denise said, we're really honored to have family with us. Uh, for the first time since we've been in the States on Christmas. I know you guys are all family, uh, but they are, they are immediate family, and it's just amazing to have them with us and to celebrate the time with them. So James and Tam and Nathan and Beth, really wonderful to have you with us this morning. And I'm sure that uh, I think uh, Pastor John, well, Grandpa and our dad is watching online as well. So good to have you guys join us online as well this morning. Um, but it's a time of us coming together, right? It's a time where we get to enjoy wonderful, delicious Christmas food. Amen. amen. Just say amen and get it done, because I know you need to. Um, I know we're still trying to work off Thanksgiving's stuff. Um, but it is also a time where we have the joy of opening and giving gifts, right? And if you have kids, then you have been hearing about gifts for a long time. I was going to play a video of these kids opening the Christmas presents and absolutely going crazy, but a lot of them worship Jesus a lot in those videos. So there's a certain phrase they use in the video, if you can imagine. So we won't, we won't put that in. But anyway, but 2,000 years ago, we received a gift from God, the greatest, the best, the most precious gift that we could ever receive in this lifetime. And this gift that God gave us was His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. And as we get to enjoy opening gifts from friends and family. I know that it's often said around this time of year, it's easy for us to get caught up in the festivities, in the celebrations, and the gift giving, and that is all, all of it that is wonderful. I think it's absolutely wonderful. But it's easy for us just to forget about this gift of Jesus that we've received, right? And this gift was hidden in a manger behind an inn, um, and it, can, it will be a big mistake for us to tuck this gift in the back of our minds. Or to take this precious gift and put it in the corner of our garages for it to gather dust, right? And I want to tell you this, that a gift that is not unwrapped is a gift that is equal to not being received. So a gift that is not unwrapped is, is equivalent to a gift not being received. And having Jesus equals having everything. When we have Jesus in our, in our hearts, it restores our joy again, right? And this morning... I want to just unpack, I want to unwrap five gifts that we get um, in Jesus, this gift that is bundled together called Jesus. Now, I take a lot of pride in this gift that's on the stand. I shared this in the first service. This took a lot of engineering and ingenuity to put this together because I had to figure out a way to, be used, to use this in the first service and to reuse it, the second service, right? So guys, we can do that. We can wrap gifts. It will be the last time that I do that. Um, but anyway, so this morning I want to just have a look at this, and this gift that we have that's packaged together, this gift of Emmanuel, the prophecy has it in Matthew 1, 23. It says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So let's open this gift uh, together. So the first thing, the first gift that we get to unwrap is the gift of God's presence. Now, if you're watching us online, uh, it's going to come up on your screen, so you don't have to take your phone and pinch and try and zoom all the way in to see this writing. It's on the screen, yeah? This is just 
uh, a prop, right? But Emmanuel, God with us, the gift of his presence. Um, and ha- God, God's presence in our lives is God with us. And King David even said that in his presence, we experience joy and happiness. And we're going to read that together in Psalm 1611. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Now, during this time of the year, in this season of the year, there is a very well-known song that is on repeat in every shopping center, every radio station, every, it's everywhere. You cannot escape the song. Now, this famous artist both wrote and composed this song. And I want to know if there's any brave ones who would dare to shout out what the song's title is. Do we have any takers? Nope. Oh, there we go. We got a fan. We have a fan. All right, All I Want for Christmas, Mariah Carey wrote and composed this song, right? And I heard, and I can't remember which one it is, if it's Japan or China, but one of these countries absolutely love Mariah Carey. They are massive fans. And whenever, and it's said that whenever she goes to one of these, whichever one it is, it doesn't matter what time of year it is, it doesn't matter what time, what season it is, it is requested that this song be part of her performance. That's how much they love this song. Here's the thing. She wasn't the first one to write it. King David actually wrote the original. So I'm going to show you in Scripture. You ready? You want to see the original? Okay, Psalm 27, verse 4 says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Verse 8, My heart says of you, seek His face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. All I want for Christmas is you. David wrote the original. There you have it, okay? So the consciousness of God's presence in our lives is invaluable. It's invaluable. Us being conscious of his presence in our lives is invaluable. And even King David, with all of his royal luxuries, couldn't outmatch the joy of God's presence in his life. And no matter the amount of success or achievement that we can attain in this life, it can never bring us pleasure equal to God's presence. And sometimes we'll find that out the hard way. But he is the only one um, that can bring us that pleasure. So that's the gift of God's presence. The second gift that we get to unwrap is the gift of, is the gift of God's peace. There we go, gift of God's peace. Um, now another name for Jesus that you, we would often hear or read in the scripture is the term uh, that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Emmanuel, God with us, means um, that he not only brings us happiness through his presence, but we get to have his peace as well. Now, for some people, peace is more important than happiness. And in our world and culture today, um, it's starving for peace, true peace, the peace that only Jesus can bring. Bertrand Russell, who was a peace activist, Uh, One of the most brilliant minds of the 20th century. He was a very outspoken atheist. And um, he had this famous article that was titled, Why I'm Not a Christian. But on Bertrand's deathbed, he looked at his wife and he asked if she could hold him. And as she held him, he said to her, you know what, honey? I've been a peace activist all my life, but I've only experienced true peace when in your arms. Now, that's a very sweet thing to say, but it's incredibly sad that this person who dedicated his entire life as a peace activist failed to open the most precious gift that he could ever receive, 
the gift of Emmanuel, God with us, the gift of God's peace. You see, he spent his whole life trying to find it elsewhere. And we need to stop trying to find peace in this world where it cannot be found. We can only find it in Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What Jesus is saying in this passage of Scripture is that the peace that he gives us is different to what the world can give us. See, the world's peace is temporal. Jesus' peace is eternal. It's a profound peace that nothing can destroy. Thirdly, I want to unwrap the gift of God's what do you think it's going to be? You're all, you're all, all of you are right. The gift of God's power, right? Now, God didn't just give us his Holy Spirit so we can hang out. No, it's a powerhouse. It's a spiritual dynamo ready to transform lives. If you've received Christ, if you've received his spirit, the gift of his spirit, you would know that transforming power in your lives and, and it's evident. You can see it, Right? Here's the thing, life throws curveballs at us, um, unexpected challenges, doubts, fears, and it's his power at work in us, it's his presence in us that guides us, speaks to our hearts, and also gives us the strength to face and to endure the things that we cannot do in our own strength. See, the gift of God's power is not a one-time access. It's a, it's a continual flow. It's an everlasting spring. In Acts 1.8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In Romans 8.11, it says, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. And then 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the Spirit... God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. You see, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is what? It's alive in you and me through the gift of His Spirit. That's not just power. That's resurrection power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, that overcame fear, that conquered the grave, it enables you and I to live a life of purpose and impact. Amen? It's a wonderful, wonderful gift. And then the fourth gift that we get to unwrap is the gift of his promises. That's right. <clears throat> I'm just seeing if you're following. I know what's coming up. Uh, but the gift of his promises. Now, in addition to God's presence, his peace, his power, we also have the gift of his promise. Now, in this life, we all need hope to cope, right? And God's promises is the very anchor for our souls. It's that, that firm foundation, knowing that every past, present, and future promise of God is true. And God, there's one important promise that in Christ we are promised that we will overcome this life triumphantly. It's a promise from God, and it gives us hope. The Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 1, 6, it says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? means Emmanuel, God with us, what he started in you and I, the promises that we have is the hope that anchors us. It's the faith to know that he will see it through to the very end. You see, you and I might fail in our promises in this lifetime, but Jesus will never, 
ever fail in his promise. And we can stand and we can count on that. You know, we sing those songs, our God's a faithful God. He's not just a faithful God today. He's a faithful God tomorrow and forever. And then lastly, we get to unwrap the gift of God's purpose. There we go. Presence, wrong one. Oh, this is, this, see, this is what happened. This is what happened. I got lazy. <laughs> so I just put it at the bottom. There we go. All right, the gift of God's purpose. Now, this one thing, every single person on the earth, I think whether you are religious of faith, whatever your walk of life is, every single person has this question. And Rick Warren wrote a book that was a bestseller, not just in Christian circles, in the entire world. Why? Because every single person on this planet wants to know that their life counts, that they have purpose, that they have value. Here's the problem. We end up trying to find that purpose, the answer to that purpose in all the wrong places. And only Jesus can, can faithfully fulfill that question. Because he's God with us, he's Emmanuel God with us, he's both the, the manual and the demonstration of what life should look like in Christ. And he said, Jesus said in John 7, 16, he says, Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Paul wrote, or David wrote in Psalms 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. And then in Matthew 11, 28, 30, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then in John 14, verse 12, it says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to my Father. What is that? It's a promise that in Christ you have purpose. And God is a destiny with every single one of our lives. Amen? Wonderful gift, this gift of Emmanuel. Now as we transition, God had a very unusual way of showing his love to the world. A way that could have never been projected or predicted. You see, there's this story as we continue with the theme of this wonderful gift of Jesus to go with us. Um, is the story of the wise men and the gifts they brought Jesus. Now, if you don't know the story, Jesus was born of a virgin, and there were these wise men, often referred to as Magi, and they were wealthy, they were ed educated Gentiles, and they traveled far, and they came to worship Jesus, but they gave him very unusual gifts. And we're going to read this in Matthew 2.10 to uh, 11. It says, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Right? Interesting that it says that they worshipped him first. They worshipped Jesus first, and then they opened their treasure chest and they presented these unusual gifts. Now these gifts both had practical application, but it also had spiritual significance to them. And I want to just quickly go through uh, the gifts. The frankincense was said to represent Jesus as the high priest. The representation of, of the people to God is the one who would give his life for them and the one who would sit at the right hand of the Father interceding for God's people. The myrrh was said to represent Jesus as the suffering servant or the Lamb of God. And then because of its value and its scarcity, the gift of gold was said to be a gift fit for a king. 
And I thought that was beautiful. That out of these three gifts that these wise men brought Jesus, they brought gold. Now let me just tell you, Jesus was a baby in every shape, form. There was nothing uh, supernatural or unusual about him as a baby. He was a baby. He had done nothing. He was just born. Baby, just like any of your kids were born, right? And what an incredible prophetic statement that these, these wise men brought him gold, a gift fit for a king. I just think it's amazing. You see, Jesus is a king like no other. And he is the supreme authority of all the kingdoms of the world. And he is a gift. He is the gift like no other gift. There's no gift that we will ever receive in this life that will be greater and more precious than the gift of Jesus. You see, the thing is, people were expecting this Messiah, this Savior, to be born in Bethlehem, right? The Jews were expecting this king to be born certainly in a palace, surrounded by wealth and comfort and luxury, right? No one expected that this king, that this Messiah, was going to be born into poverty in a, in a cave surrounded by farm animals. No one imagined that this Savior, that this king, would be the son of a carpenter from Nazareth. I mean, Nathaniel even said, is there anything good at all that can come out of Nazareth, right? And no one imagined that this king would choose uneducated fishermen, despised tax collectors, and rebellious troublemakers to be his very own disciples. And no one imagined that this king would forgive a woman caught in the very act of adultery when the law said she was to be stoned. And no one imagined that the king of the Jews would ride in to Jerusalem on the back of a donkey of all creatures. And that those who would be cheering his arrival will be the outcasts, the overlooked, and even the immoral ones. And no one expected this king to stand trial for crimes he didn't commit. You see, this innocent king was beaten, was whipped, and then was hung on a cross to die a death that a criminal deserved to die. And no one would have ever imagined that this king, the creator in the flesh, while creation, his people were mocking him, that this suffering king would lift up a prayer of mercy to those who were torturing him, those who were mocking him, saying, Father, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. And when he breathed, he's lost. There was no one predicting that the sky would go dark, that the earth would start to shake, and that the world would lose its hope as they buried a dead king in a borrowed grave. But no one expected that three days later, when two women went to go check in the tomb, the stone would be rolled away. You see, that body wasn't there anymore, and this king was risen and now sits at the right hand of Father God Almighty. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the greatest gift that you will ever receive in this life. Amen? What a wonderful gift. And it's interesting as we look back to the story in the first century, there were three very distinctive um, responses to Jesus as King. The first response, and if we fast forward 2,000 years to today, those very same uh, responses um, we see in today's culture, in today's society. And I want to just look at those three responses. The first response was the response from King Herod. And King Herod opposed Jesus as king. Why? Because he wanted to guard and protect his kingship. And so he issued this degree, decree that all, all boys under the age of 10 in Bethlehem would be put to death. Why? Because he opposed Jesus as a king and he heard that there was this king to be born 
that threatened his kingdom. And we see this in our culture everywhere. We see this in our neighborhoods. We see this in our workplaces. We see this in our education. We see it everywhere. There are people that still oppose Jesus as king on this earth. And I wonder, maybe, maybe they haven't given the opportunity to be, to be introduced to this, this incredible gift. Maybe they have the mindset of they feel threatened. Their life feels threatened by not opposing him. But actually, Jesus is the life. He's the truth and he's the way. Then there was the response. And sometimes we even have people who have this um, approach. Don't let some outdated book, some religious principle, or some stupid church tell me what to do. I've got this. I'm living my life my way. And we oppose Jesus as king. The second group were the Jewish priests. Now, even though they didn't dismiss Jesus or didn't oppose Jesus, they dismissed Jesus as king. These Jewish priests, they quoted scripture. They quoted an Old Testament Bible verse out of Micah 5.2 that spoke about a ruler coming out of Bethlehem. Yet they were only about five miles away from where Jesus was born and they didn't even bother to go and worship him or to meet him. And sometimes in our lives, we can have the same response to Jesus. We can come and you hear this. And this is not a knock on anyone in this meeting today, but often, especially Easter and Christmas, People who never go to church come to church just because we're ticking a box. And we can live so easily in, just in religion. And we can dismiss Jesus as king, not giving him the full authority that he deserves in our lives. All there's areas of our lives that we don't invite him into. And in some way, we're dismissing his kingship in our lives. But then I want to look at a third response. And that was the response from the wise men who worshipped Jesus. You see... It was the ultimate response to show reverence and awe and honor to the God of heaven. They came and they bowed down before the King of Kings. The ultimate response is said, this is not about me. It's not about my desire. It's not about my throne. You are the King. You are my King. You are the King of the universe. And they bowed down. The ultimate response to show reverence and awe. And this morning, I'm just curious. I'm gonna ask, where are you today in response to this precious gift as we are on Christmas Eve and into the Christmas tomorrow, where are you in your response to this precious gift? You know, we all know maybe someone, a family member or friends or a colleague or someone who's living at the moment opposing Jesus as king. Won't you introduce them to the most precious gift they can ever receive? I know Pastor Rod had a message a few weeks back where he made us write down people's names on a card. That is an opportunity to share this precious gift with them and let them unwrap this gift and receive it. You see, this king stripped himself of the glory of heaven, born into poverty, in a cave, surrounded by farm animals. He reached out to the lowest of the low, even the despise. And I want to tell you about my king. I want to tell you about our king this morning. He's not some angry, distant, uninvolved judge waiting for you and I to mess up. He is not the man in the sky, or he's not the man upstairs, he's not the big guy in the sky. He is the righteous king of kings. He is the king of all kings. See, this king, and if you wouldn't mind out of reverence for this king, out of reverence for this precious gift, if you were able to, would you stand with me as we prepare our hearts to worship this king of kings, this incredible savior on this Christmas Eve morning? You see, who is this king that gave his life for us? Scripture says that my king, our king, is the king of righteousness. He's the king of glory. He's the king of ages. He is the king above all kings. Jesus, this king, heals the sick. He opens the blind eyes and heals deaf ears. 
He restores the weak. He releases the captive. And He restores those who are broken and hurting. He is our King. He's a shelter in your time of trouble. He's a light when your world goes dark. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the resurrection and the life. Come on, and if you know this to be true, I want you to start worshiping, getting excited because we have a King like no other. You see, His goodness is indescribable. His power is incomprehensible and His grace is irresistible. At His name, darkness trembles and in His presence, demons flee. Though Satan hated Him, He could not stop Jesus. Death could not hold Him and the grave could not keep Him. This is our King. This is the most precious gift you and I will receive ever in our life. And won't you worship Him, church? When you lift Him up this morning, you are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. We come and we adore you today, Jesus. We lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us
right. You all may be seated. Before we dismiss and let you all go enjoy your family time, after hearing that, that amazing message, hearing about the, the greatest gift of all, we would be remiss if we didn't give you all the opportunity to receive that gift, right? And see, our Father loves us so much that he provides the gift for us. He, he makes it accessible to us, but he doesn't force it on us, right? He loves us so much, but he wants us to accept and receive that gift on our own. So today we're going to give you all the opportunity. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, what better time than this? On Christmas Eve, when we're celebrating the birth of Christ, what better time than to do it now? So I'm going to ask everybody to repeat after me, to bow your heads, close your eyes, whether this is the first time you've said the prayer or the thousandth time you've said this prayer, it is still just as meaningful, just as impactful. So if you could repeat after me, Father God, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to live a life full of righteousness and to die for us. Lord, we confess that Jesus is Lord, and we believe that you raised him from the dead. So today, I accept this gift. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Go ahead and give yourselves a hand because we are all going to heaven. Amen. That's something to be, to be happy about, to praise. So I'm going to pray for us to dismiss you all so you can all go enjoy your family. But remember, church isn't over until you hug at least 10 people. Um, and sorry, that's, that's the rules. I don't make the rules. Hey, I just share them with you. Uh, but we've got coffee, refreshments over there. Hang out and, and just enjoy each other's company before you are released to uh, spend time with your family. So, Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the amazing message that Fred shared. We thank you for the gift of Jesus that you gave to us 2,000 years ago. And, Father God, we make it a priority to focus on Jesus during this time. Lord, we pray that you would just keep everybody safe as we go and and travel uh, and spend time with our families. Give everybody peace uh, this time uh, and just bless each and every person here as they go about their day and their week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas. See